When the boy who barely speaks to you, it's too bad who you are into your ear at the party. You know better than to turn your head. You know who he is. It's when he whispers, too bad who you belong to. This word belong, your body responds, a shiver that he can't detect but makes you step back toward him. Because damn, he says then, what I wouldn't do to you. Next, he says it dirty in detail, so quietly no one else knows it's happening. Is it? Do you, after listening, still as a statue while he leans into you against your ear from behind that doesn't touch you, yet you go with him to a stairway outside the party, slipping out that side door in the kitchen, knowing you'll have to come back for your jacket later alone? The boy you are dating is his friend, not his best friend. This boy is dating a freshman on your track team, but you don't hang out with her. Her her first boyfriend, her first heartbreak. You don't answer him. You don't even look at him. But he knows to leave his beer behind on the counter, to sit on the steps a flight up from where the party continues. Everyone know everyone you know that in that packed parent-free apartment, neither one of you remember it <laughs> Has it happened? Have you unzipped his pants, plunging your hand in before you've even kissed, your name falling from his mouth like a plea, a spell? In your memory, the stairwell is bright, too bright. And your hand, your mouth around him, you a reward for him even speaking to you or saying what you didn't know you wanted to hear. Your boyfriend doesn't talk either. He doesn't talk about your body or your friends or his friends or his family, who you've seen from a distance or 50 feet away but never met. The family he is with right now. Has it happened? You kneeling on the landing, his zipper against your chin, his head thrown back in surprise, how goddamn loud he is all of a sudden, the shock of what he's asked for, how much more he received. When you stop, he asks for a tissue. Has it happened? Of course it has. The boy who does not speak has told everyone by Tuesday. You, though, choose to stay silent to your boyfriend, to that asshole, to his girlfriend. Who believes it? Because it's easy to believe what you hear when there's no back talk. Now your boyfriend is talking. Was it worth it? Did you like it? Did you think you could get away with it? And you too have questions. Was it worth it? Did you like it? Did you think you could get away with it? These questions are for the asshole, the one who, by the time you graduate 15 months later, single, you realize you've never said a word to. In the stairwell, you just shook your head. Love yourself, bitch. That was wild. That's the shortest one in the book. It is called Backtalk. That story is called Backtalk specifically uh, by Daniel Lazarin. And it's a really good... I picked it up because it was suggested to me by my horoscope. Oh, very nice. Um, and it's all about a lot of things like women not saying things when they should, mm-hmm. saying too much when they probably didn't have to. Like there's a lot of like, there's a lot of conversations in it about like this dude isn't forever. And I realized that now, but at the time he was my world. Yeah. Kind of shit. And about like learning to love yourself and women in different stages of different different stages of their lives learning to love themselves in different ways yeah so yeah 
Welcome to our podcast. Welcome. I should start reading some from my book that's called New Erotica for Feminists, Satirical Fantasy. You did read that one. Love, Lust, and Equal Pay. So I should start doing that on, on these episodes. You can find related ones and like pull them out. I actually just opened up to one and it's kind of related. So you tell us. Um, I might save it for the end though. Save it for the end. Yeah, we'll start and end with some literature this week. Guys, should we have a book club? I think that would be great, but I think it'd be fun. Yeah. I think we should definitely maybe Maybe for the holidays when you like ask for presents and you can be very specific and give them any give that person like an Amazon link, we can like give you some good reads or something. Because we totally missed the opportunity for summer. But we can like provide some good feminist reads. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Welcome to our podcast. <laughs> it's not a book club, it's a podcast. This is the 50 Worst States podcast, a podcast where we read horror stories or tell you that you're a bad bitch mm-hmm. and be better, um, which is something that we have to tell ourselves every day anyways. My name's Katie Coyle. And my name's Amanda Peacock. Sorry, I got distracted reading feminist erotica. <laughs> oh. <laughs> on brand, on character. That's fine. <laughs> That's fucking fine. Yeah, bitches. So this week we are talking about um, the Gospel of Lizzo. You might know it. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes something to the effect of, I am my own soulmate and water me. I am my inspiration, etc. Because um, Lizzo, Truth Hurts, it, number one this week, and we're very proud. Yeah. Yay, Lizzo. 13 months ago, I saw her at Lollapalooza, and I was able to like really easily get up to like the front rose of the crowd because no one knew who she was but she put on a good ass show and like I knew who she was but like yeah I'm cool and then this past weekend Beyonce saw her from backstage I know it's amazing so I'm really proud I did that right no I didn't Lizzo did that because she's a powerful powerful woman and she's super fucking talented and who else is gonna be a fat girl playing the flute we didn't know we needed her but we do so here we are talking about self-love, something that she is very adamant about in that it's a it's a journey. It's not a flip that you switch. And we're going to talk about how we've come to the conclusion of loving thyself and thyself be true. And we're going to give you your own little pep talk mm-hmm. of things to fucking remember. And yeah, I've been doing a shit ton of reflecting this week. Wow. As I like it's Monday. <laughs> it's Tuesday. But Doug, it's Tuesday. <laughs> I don't even know what day it is. I've been doing so much reflecting. <laughs> Just immersed in the reflection. I'm so immersed in the reflection. Like I'm a very girl eyes. Staring back at me. I don't know the word. Yeah. <laughs> No, I've just been doing a lot of... Re- I'm a rarely reflecting person, which I think is part of why this podcast exists. Like, I, I like thinking, overthinking about things and really overanalyzing things. So that's where this comes in, where I get to record it and be narcissistic about it. But yeah, I've been reflecting on some shit and self-love is one of those things. Yeah. So, with, so. without further ado... 
listen to this ad and then we'll get started. And we're back. And we're back. Wow. We never left, but some music just played. Oh, really? And our voices just played an ad for oh, something. Rocky just like fell on top of me. So. Anyway, so got inspired to kind of talk about self-love today because, well, Katie had a very reflective week or weekend, (laughs) whereas I just had... You know, I just spent a lot of time looking at the ceilings. (laughs) You were reflecting while you were getting laid, though? No, that's first of all incorrect because I didn't spend a lot of time looking at the ceiling because I'm a very active participant. <laughs> you mean you don't love mi- the missionary? Is not your favorite? No. <laughs> I, I can't was, even like, push my head into the bed and pull my hair like the dirty, dirty girl I am. Yeah. Slut shaming guys, not cool. You learned that already. Yeah, we though. did learn that. Um, I got to pull a condom out of Rocky's ass today. Uh, Actually, no, this time it fell out. Again? He pooped it out organically without my assistance. And uh, yeah, this is the second time. So fool me once, shame on you. (laughs) Fool me twice. It's my own goddamn fault. I should have known. Fool me twice, can't get fooled again. Yeah. So uh, will Rocky get pregnant? Who knows? Um, I don't think so. Probably not. Um, If... mm, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, but none of I'm not a medical professional, but I venture to guess. Yeah, but nonetheless, it was a very interesting weekend, and I wouldn't say it's been very reflective for me, but because I wasn't – I had a an individual visiting, so I wasn't able to participate in my typical routine, and I'm a very, like, routine person on my days off, um, at least when it comes to, like, the morning and whatnot, and I wasn't able to do that, so I felt really off yesterday. It's about 9 to 11 a.m., expect a dance video from Amanda or a yoga video. <laughs> yep. And then she might go on a hike. Yeah, and none of that happened. <laughs> none of it happened. Who are you? Yeah, exactly. So... Usually, I was back on my Snapchat bullshit, though, today. Like, I barely even Snapchatted yesterday. And surprisingly, nobody was concerned, which they were probably all just like, bless. I mean, I knew you were alive. I was getting communication from you, so I wasn't worried. This is fair. So, anyway, today I was talking to Katie, and I was like, I'm really in the mood to record. And to be quite frank, I just want to talk about self-love because it's something that is a journey for everyone. And... I think it's important because, I mean, it's the greatest gift you can honestly give yourself and something that I'm very passionate about. And I feel, to be quite honest, as of late, that I've kind of fallen off of my self-love, self-care routine. Um, Mm -hmm. So before I dive into my little story time, I'm going to go put my dog on my bed because otherwise he's going to start pacing because he just got off the couch. So We love Rocky. Give me Rocky loves himself more than most people do. He really does. Okay. He really does. Okay, uh, Rocco. I just tripped. I just tripped and fell onto the couch. It's because you don't love yourself enough. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. I tried to be very Learn to love yourself and you'll the gravity will treat you better. It'll be more like me where it just feeds me pasta because it just pours pasta out into the boiling pot. Maybe I it's like you deserve this extra pasta. Gravity said so. Maybe I'm the pasta and the couch is 
Ooh, yeah, the pot. Your carbs. <laughs> yeah, and the couch is me. Yeah, I just. And then, I was trying to be really quiet yeah. too because I was like. <laughs> but anyway, back to self love. So, um, yeah, I I asked Katie if self love could be the topic of today's discussion, and she obliged. So I'm always ready to get on my high horse. Exactly. And this is a thing I get on my highest horse about. <laughs> so this episode is actually pretty much going to be a prologue to our two-parter on um, dating and ableism. So we're going to talk a little bit about dating with um, ability limitations, both physically and mentally, um, through physical um, illness as well as mental illness. Um, so. I am going to spare some of the details of my experience that have really led through me, me through my self-care journey and self-love journey um, for those episodes because otherwise I'm not going to have anything to talk about. Um, and also then... I mean, she'll just repeat herself a million times, which you don't want her to do. Exactly. And I'd also... This episode would be three hours long. So... It's going to be three hours long anyway. <laughs> True. Um, but... I do want to say that without my trauma and past experiences, um, I would absolutely not be where I am today. And I think that honestly applies for most people, especially people who have Mm -hmm. a very strong sense of self. Um, And by trauma, it doesn't need to be, you know, super intense. It could be any sort of big event in your life that was traumatic. Mm -hmm. So um, for me... It can be prolonged trauma as well. Exactly. It doesn't need to be one big thing. Exactly. So for me, it was definitely... not a not always a hullabaloo. Exactly. Yeah. And for me, it was a lot of being diagnosed with autoimmune diseases and coping with that by myself, as well as just dealing with, you know, generalized anxiety disorder and, um, situational depression or there's a adjustment disorder, sorry, which, um, happens during adjustment periods and it acts very similarly to depression, but isn't as chronic. So anyway, uh, without further ado, we can delve into the endless, grueling journey that is self-love. Uh, one that I thought, to be honest, until recently, I had mastered. But uh, if 2019 has really taught me anything, it's that I'm wrong. That you weren't ready for 2019. It's that I absolutely was not ready for 2019, and I am wrong two gajillion percent of the time. Um, Mm -hmm. everything that I thought was going to happen this year did not happen, but now it's starting to pick up. So like at the end of 2019, Mm -hmm. I'm determined will be my year. Um, By the time we get to 2020, we'll be ready for 2019. Yeah. So it's going to be great. (laughs) 2020. But like I said, I've kind of fallen off of my self-love path and it's been very frustrating for me because for anyone that knows me personally, um, and Katie can, of course, attest. I I have known you since the second grade. Exactly. I, for years, I felt like I was like the self-care queen. And that's like basically what I like spread to, or I tried to spread to everyone was like the importance of self-care, self-love, all of that jazz. Self-care does not equate to self-love, first of True. all. But you can, and self-care is not just like, but it can leave bitches, y'all. I got my FabFitFun box today. Plenty of other people did too in my building. Breaking that shit open and be like, "Oh, I got a facial toner." That does that is not exclusively self care. Self care can be less glamorous. True. Self care is an act of self love, though, and it is. 
it can lead to types of self-love. So I kind of, I am a big proponent of people obviously loving themselves as anyone should be. Love yourself, bitch. Exactly. So um, most, if not all, women in particular are raised essentially to hate themselves. And when I wrote this, I wrote this like following um, Katie, which she'll kind of touch base on. I mean, I'll just pepper in my shit. Yeah, I was raised to hate myself by people who hate themselves. Yeah, and so I... When I was 10, I distinctly remember my dad like slapping my calf and being like, you have fat legs. And literally (laughs) to this day, I, my legs, not that I hate them, but I, they're a part of my body that I'm not particularly fond of. And I was, it was pointed out to me when I was six that I did not have a thigh gap before thigh gaps were a thing. Uh, yeah, we were six years old and I was told that I couldn't be friends with one girl because she was also Katie C. Um, and she could not handle that. There could not be two of us. And I was like, you're crazy. (sighs) And then they proceeded to call me fat. So because my thighs touched at six years old, Yeah, but both of their thighs touch probably, but not at the time. That's ridiculous. I hate people. Um, right. Like, and a six-year-old saying that is coming out of their parents saying shit like Absolutely. that. A six-year-old just just doesn't like come up with the idea of a thigh gap being the the essential qualifier for beauty. Yeah. So people learn to hate themselves at a very young age, and people learn to point out why other people should hate themselves at a very young age. And I think we're finally getting to a point as a society. And because of primarily the internet, people being able to communicate and kind of commiserate with each other that, Hey, you went through shit like that. I can't eat snacks in front of my dad. Oh my God. Twins. Why do we like this? This shouldn't be like this. And we're able to think about that a little better. Yeah. So that's pretty fucked up. Um, yeah, but like we're about to get into some fucked up yeah. shit, guys. Because I don't see it there. I guess uh, trigger warning for the. <laughs> yeah, we'll just throw that out right now. Yeah. Um. So through Hollywood, social media, etc., um, it's basically a toxic black hole of self hatred fed to the youths um, to honestly benefit capitalism and set beauty standards. And to be frank, I'm really thankful that people are kind of recognizing it now. I feel like the Gen Zs are are kind of set up for success in this way because they have the ability and the vernacular and knowledge to... They have the apathy to move That and they also just, with everything, like activism becoming so mainstream, they are able to Mm -hmm. and sell and like... They have people like Lizzo and things like that. And not to say that like communities didn't have those uh, role models, but I feel like this generation is set up for success for self-esteem because so many people within Hollywood are like saying, fuck the beauty standards, like fuck Photoshop, fuck all these things. Whereas like we grew up being like seeing those fucking Carl's junior commercials or whatever with, you know, and, but Paris Hilton's hip bones will haunt me to the yeah. day I die. But I don't want to sit and kind of delve, especially on body image, but that leads to a big issue when it comes to self-love, obviously, is very external mm-hmm. um, views of oneself. And I 
because this is obviously not a visual experience. You can't see what I look like, but I am an average sized human being. I am not, you know, overweight and being overweight is totally fine and sexy, but to feel like I was fat or anything like that and that that was wrong is not okay. Um, It's not wrong. And everybody is beautiful no matter how. And because for for people to say that I'm not beautiful, like my own father, you know, to say I'm not beautiful because I have, I might have bigger legs or things like that, which is just bullshit. And I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I am or what, because I've come to like my body. I had an eating disorder and it was fucking terrible. And, you know, recently I was put on some medication, one of which decreases my appetite because it's a stimulant. And the other one was one of my oral chemos that I took for lupus and I was on a higher dose and it was making me super nauseous. And so I was not hungry. And when I did, eat, I got mm-hmm. super nauseous. So I dropped like 12 pounds. And in my head, I was like, cool. I genuinely was glad that I lost weight, which is fucked up. Mm-hmm. And you're not in a place like with your, your BMI or anything where you need to do anything. True. Like health, health, you're, it's not as if losing 12 pounds is like good for your cardiovascular health. But it's not even that. Yeah, well, yeah. But it's also just like the fact that I was like, oh, yay, I'm losing weight because I'm not fucking eating is not. Yeah, that's a huge fucking and Yeah. And then I've recently, because I decreased the oral chemo and my nausea has gone away, like I'm obviously eating again. And for a while I was actually like upset because I was I've gained some weight back, which I needed to because I was kind of, I mean, I, I think everyone kind of sits at a comfortable level for themselves when it comes to weight. That's what I think. And I, I don't, I usually don't weigh myself because I think it's stupid and arbitrary, mm-hmm. but, um, I was just curious because I knew that I, I, I mean, my clothes were becoming looser and things like that. So I was just intrigued, but, um, yeah, it was very triggering for me and it's just frustrating because, you know, people, like people will just make comments or things like that. And it's like, nobody should be commenting on anyone's weight ever. You don't fucking know what's going on. Exactly. You know, you don't say, oh, you look so good, you know, to someone who's lost a bunch of weight or things like that, because you don't know why they're doing it. Or you don't comment on anyone who might've gained a bunch of weight because it could be for good reasons, could be for bad reasons. You never know. Mm -hmm. And it's never a pro tip unless someone is telling you about how they're very excited about their diet. Like they're that asshole who won't shut up about keto. Don't comment on their weight loss or gain. Yeah, exactly. Pro tip. If they're offering that information to you, great. Like I have plenty of friends who won't shut up, shut the fuck up about their self-prescribed diet restrictions. Mm. I love them to pieces, but I still hate it. Yeah. Um, cause it's fucking annoying and no one cares, <laughs> but if you want to tell me about it and be excited about it, I won't make your yum except for right now in this, in this moment. Yeah. So those people, you can comment on their weight loss cause they're clearly speaking out an objective. They're doing something. Yeah. Otherwise you don't know what somebody's going through. I've had comments like said about me or like, haha, wouldn't it be nice if you had an eating disorder? What the fuck? Right, because I I have the opposite problem as you. I have no uh, 
not taken meds that make me lose 12 pounds. Um, I've been taking meds that make me gain mm-hmm. weight or uh, inflare other issues that I definitely almost have. Uh, cystic ovarian syndrome. That's why women are shaped like this, guys. Don't be assholes or you're not going to have babies. It's great. Um, and then, like, you don't need to eat. Just don't. Like, body image and everybody's body is different. I think we figured that the fuck out lately. <laughs> everybody's body is different. Well, we can all still twerk. Yeah. So leave everybody the fuck alone. Yeah. And, yeah, I've, I had people comment, like, oh, I wish I had that problem of, like, not being hungry and nauseous. And I'm like, no, it's actually terrible because I want to eat. Mm-hmm. And I can't because I'm scared to eat. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like I usually like to cook things, but I was literally eating one type of food, which was like a store-bought Caesar salad mix and my fake chicken to put into it because that's all that I like. That's the only thing that did not make me nauseous. So I literally ate that for pretty much every meal for about a month. And it was fucking Mm -hmm. terrible. I mean, it was fine because I thought it was delicious. Still, I had it for dinner tonight. But like I like to cook. Sounds pretty still lame. Still lame. And I mean, it's basically like a, a vegetarian chicken Caesar salad. So I've always mm-hmm. been a Caesar salad gal, but mm-hmm. it's just very frustrating. And so, yeah, uh, body image is obviously a big issue when it comes to self love for many people, myself included. Um, but I think the largest portion, um, and if not the most predominant, because it is all pretty much mental and how you perceive yourself was the really like mental mind fuck games that occurred. So my entire adolescence can be summed up with the fact that my family, most particularly my dad, would routinely um, tell me that I was a bitch, that I was mean, that I had no friends, Mm -hmm. that nobody liked me. Um, This probably actually happened until about 21 And then he actually kind of, it slowed down until I went home for my birthday. And then he did it. It's like anytime he gets upset with me, he tells me that I'm the problem and I'm a bitch. And this last time that I was home, it was on my birthday that this conversation happened. And I just said, you know, if you think that I am a mean person, that's on you and how you are treating me. Because the way that I treat people is a reflection of how they treat me. And I'm not going to try to spend time with you if you're a dick to me. And we'll kind of talk about cutting out toxic people. But that's one of those situations because, you know, I will sit here and be, I mean, I'm not like a cunt to my dad, but it's just to say that I'm the same person that I was when I was 13 is an insult um, to my growth and to who I am as an adult woman. And I mean, it's simply inaccurate. Exactly. Yeah, it's not only like <laughs> insensitive, but it's also wrong um, because I totally was a cunt when I was a teenager. And we're all cunts when exactly. we're teenagers. I was angsty. I was anxious. Um, I was just pissed off. I had an undiagnosed autoimmune disease. Like I had a lot going on and yeah. didn't really. I got called a bitch all the time. And it was mostly when I was putting my foot down about not wanting to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm a bitch because I don't want all these people in my fucking house or I don't want to go to these activities because I'm 14 and angsty. Yeah. Cool. I was basically the epitome of an emo angsty teen. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, 
I definitely was, I mean, I, I was mean in a lot of ways, especially to my family. And I think that's because our family or the people that are closest to us kind of see our worst selves. Um, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like, I didn't know how to deal with any of the emotions I was having. I didn't have a very emotionally supportive family structure. Um, and I'm also the type I've always been the person to speak my mind. And that is something, especially as a woman, that is something people struggle with because when you are assertive, yeah, when you're assertive or things like that, you're automatically a bitch, which is bullshit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think I mentioned it before that a doctor once told me that I was being snarky and I said, (laughs) no, I'm being assertive. And I was pissed because I was just like, that's a very interesting way to call me a bitch when I'm telling you, like, I disagree with you and here's why. And I know I can be really strong in the way I present myself and that's something that I've worked on, but it's just like, that doesn't make me a bitch. And I would definitely not consider myself at least now and not within the past five years would not consider myself a mean or hateful person. I also think there's something to be said. Uh, a key uh, symptom of my mental illness, generalized anxiety disorder, social anxiety, and uh, major depression, uh, if we're just going to go out there and tell everybody, um, is picking fights with people. Mm-hmm. And nobody, I can remember being seven years old and my mother asking me if I was depressed. Um, and the answer is yes, I was. Um Clearly, like very clearly, but picking fights with people through your adolescence is a clear sign of mental illness. Yeah. Just budding up because you don't know how to deal with your fucking emotions and your emotions are on on the high and low side. And that's a thing that happens. So like, I think we also owe it to ourselves as people who deal with other people to be educated on issues. Um, Because I think a large portion of how I reflected on myself, my behavior and who I was as a person when things were said to me in a similar vein as to things were said to you, um, was to in- internalize them because I was uneducated on what was going on with my brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if I'm picking, if I'm picking fights cause I'm a bitch, no, I'm picking fights because um, my dopamine receptors don't fucking work. Yeah. <sighs> so yeah, but surprisingly through all of that, Um, even when I like really hated myself because like I have a history of self-harm, which we'll talk about during the mental illness episode. Mm -hmm. Um, I had, I've always had, and I've mentioned this before, an immense sense of self. Um, that doesn't mean that I had a lot of self-love, but I had a sense of who I was as a person. And many people mistook that as confidence and something, a compliment I've always gotten in my life is like, oh, I admire how confident you are or things like that because I'm, I'm not afraid to express myself, um, especially visually in the way I dress mm-hmm. in the way I do my makeup, whatever. Um, Katie has remained friends with me through my drawing on my face phase. So I'm very mm-hmm. thankful. Um, <laughs> it wasn't until honestly recently, I would say within the past few years, um, well, it was more like freshman year or freshman, sophomore year of college. Um, that the self-expression I had was actual confidence in who I am and self-appreciation and self-love versus just the desire to be different. Because I've always, Mm -hmm. I don't want to say like, I'm, 
I'm so cool. Like I like to be different from people, but inherently like I don't, I, I do. Um, I mean, in fucking fourth grade, when I joined orchestra for a year, I played the viola because less people played it. <laughs> so like, on brand. it's literally like how I've always been. And it's not me being like, I'm I mean, so cool and unique, but it's, did you, did you just pick up another string instrument that no one plays? Oh yeah, and I'm teaching myself mandolin. So, <laughs> so because it never, it never ends. The reason I wanted to play the mandolin, well, I wanted to because it's so medieval and jaunt-like, and I love it. Uh, but also, I was like, everyone plays the ukulele, so I refuse. I'm going to choose the harder one because um, I'm yeah. a dumb bitch. But anyway, so one dumb bitch hours are twenty four seven. Yes, so that. Um, it didn't really turn into confidence until my freshman year of freshman, sophomore year of college when I kind of really came to terms with especially my, um, lupus and everything, uh, which obviously we'll talk about later episodes. Um, but that was a very pivotal moment in my life. Um, almost groundbreaking and it really hands down one of like the most revolutionary experiences that I've had that I've ever had, um, was that moment that I realized that your happiness comes from within. And part of that is loving yourself and accepting who you are as a person. Um, and that was a huge moment in my life that helped me get over kind of this adjustment disorder that I had going on, um, when I was trying to cope with all of these physical illnesses by myself because I didn't, I didn't have anyone. Um, I didn't know anyone that I could mm-hmm. talk to, things like that. So like I said, mm-hmm. this episode is a prologue to the two-parter. Um, but yeah, so I now, um, as a 24-year-old woman, have a tattoo of myself on my arm, which Uh, when you first see it, it's very superficially, uh, narcissistic in a way because it's literally me. Um, but to its core, knowing that you're pretty isn't narcissistic, (laughs) but (laughs) to its core, it represents my journey to self-love. Um, it is a tattoo of basically my head, um, from a selfie that I took. My artist took the picture from my Instagram. Pretty cute. Um, and coming out of it'd be really funny if you dramatically changed your hair and then you never looked like that. Right. Um, and then coming out of my head are flowers and then there's a watering can attached to a book and it's just supposed to symbolize that you have to water yourself and nourish yourself to grow. Um, I am free, yeah, yeah, come water me, oh, yep. love yourself, but if you don't, I have to leave, oh, no. Yeah, this is about the gospel of Lizzo, guys, it comes back there to you go. our queen. Um, so this journey was much like, uh, of course, I have to throw in here a nice Harry Potter analogy. Um, it <laughs> much, this journey to self-love was much like Harry Potter's first experience with flu powder. Um, mm. Messy disorganized you, you said the wrong thing you went to a scary place <laughs> yeah exactly exactly painful yeah uncomfortable uh but ultimately awesome it was more of like the ride of the flu powder as well as uh, it can probably even be his first um apparition experience as well because he hated it so mm-hmm. but overall mm-hmm. he enjoyed it later um 
Harry Potter does not like to go fast. No. Like anytime he's in a he's in any kind of mode of transportation that goes quickly, he does not like except it. a broom. He loves flying. I love except a fucking broom. Um, but yeah. but anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of much like any self love journey is, um, and it's ongoing. Um, it doesn't ever stop. And like I said, I thought that I kind of mastered it because. I got over this really terrible time in my life where, you know, I wanted to die. Um, and now I'm to a place where I, I love myself. Um, but it's undoubtedly the most important and amazing thing you could give yourself. Um, embracing your individuality, mm-hmm. treating yourself beautifully, and not settling for anything less than what you deserve is pivotal. You will fuck up. I mean, I spent how many months with a person who treated me less than what I deserved? Um, and I knew that and I still let it happen, but I'm not going to let that kind of take away from how I feel about myself and, you know, fuck the people who comment on your body weight. Um, fuck the people who shame you for literally any aspect of your life, your, your job, your outfit, your car, whatever the fuck, fuck them all. Not literally because they suck and don't deserve it. Uh, because you are magnificent and it feels good to you. Um, and if it feels good to you, keep, you know, keep doing you as long as it's not like killing people. Cause that's not cool. But you yeah. know, this past year has been an absolute whirlwind for myself. And I, I would think for many others, cause I, I think the general consensus is 2019 was not what we expected. Not what we were going for. And I finally feel like I'm able to start embracing myself independently Um, I spent a large portion of the year, like I said, with someone who did not treat me well and I suffered for it. Um, I don't think that this person's a bad person. We're just not meant to be together. And I kept, I do, (laughs) I think, I think, (laughs) I think at his core, he's not a good, like at his core, he's a good person, but together we, he was not good with me and he he has a lot of growing he needs to do on his own. But I think in general, like, he's not a horrible human being. Um, you didn't fuck Hitler. Congratulations. I mean, like, yeah. At least not with him. Um, I kept, yeah, I kept uh, trying to fill a void that doesn't need to be filled by other people. Um, no. And self-love absolutely applies to, because this is a dating podcast, it applies to dating and sex and all of that because without it, you're not going to have a successful relationship. Um, knowing yourself and living your truth is one of the sexiest things a person can do um, mm-hmm. because confidence is sexy and that, you know, you can look hot as fuck but not feel confident or look confident and people can tell. And you can be wearing fucking sweatpants and be rocking it. And people are more likely to comment on that because they're going to be like, you're wearing a fucking onesie to a bar. And you're like, yeah, but I'm fucking comfortable. And Mm -hmm. people will be about it. You know what I mean? And so I've learned that being more honest with myself, being more honest with other people, and just overall communication is – and being communicative in what I want and what I'm looking for is so important. Um, with the past few people that I've talked to, like romantically, um, I'm, I've been pretty upfront and real about what I'm wanting. I've also been pretty honest about, 
you know, things that I'm going through with my life in terms of like mental, physical illness, because I've always been pretty open with that. And how I present myself is who I am. And if someone can't handle who I am, then they can see themselves the fuck out because, Mm -hmm. and that should apply to anyone because you should live your truth. You should know what your worth is and you are worth fucking everything. And no one should ever make you feel less than that. And the most important thing and gift that you can give yourself is self-love. And there's really no way to go about it. Um, we'll talk about some tips on how to, to achieve it, but it's honestly it's mm-hmm. such a personal journey for everyone. And, you know, I'm, I don't love myself 2000% every day. I've been dealing, I've been struggling with cystic acne for the past few months. But I love you 3000. Oh my God. Don't even. <laughs> you don't even know. Um, no, I don't. But oh, that's so beautiful. But, you know, lately I've been struggling with like cystic acne, which has definitely taken a hit on my self-esteem. But at the same time, it's more of just like everyone fucking deals with acne. It is what it is. People care less than what you think. And, mm-hmm. you know, you just got to like I realize, you know, I have to take care of myself. And mm-hmm do all of that. And there's no shame in that. So, you know, live your fucking truth and just listen to Lizzo and you'll be good. Yeah. I mean, I first of all, highly recommend going to see her on her next tour because it is basically like going to mega church, but also your therapist because you shake your ass, you sweat and you scream things like I am my inspiration. Mm -hmm. And that's a really empowering, cool thing. At one point during the show, she'll do some breathing exercises. It's basically like going to a high-energy therapist. We are not a high-energy therapist. We are a podcast. No, but I did act as a therapist for three people within a three-day span like two weeks ago. You did. You did very good. You used my energy. I did. I am everyone's goddamn therapist sometimes. (laughs) It is the life I lead as this personality, as this, as this person that I've decided to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a therapist, so I have a podcast. Um. <laughs> there you go. Your podcast, the, this podcast is our therapist. This is like my It's fourth, cheaper than therapy. This is my fourth therapist. I have an actual yeah. therapist. I have Katie. I have Bree, who was on the Kinks episode by the point. By the time yeah. this comes out, you'll all have listened to it. And, you know, when she's giving me facials, it's getting hot and steamy. We're talking some hot goss. And then I've got this podcast, Mm -hmm. therapy all around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Going to therapy is definitely an act of self-care and self-love, though. So you should go see a therapist if you feel the need. Um, And there's definitely some opportunities to go to sliding scale therapists based on your, your income levels and et cetera and so forth. Mental health is... A very, very long battle, and you'll talk about that on a later date because there's a lot there, mm-hmm. like so many things. I won't dive too like into my self love journey. Like a lot of it has a lot to do with mental health. Like, did I have a panic attack um, at the very beginning of college when I got my bid for my sorority that they didn't want a depressed person? Yes. Did I very quickly learn that I was a not the most fucked up person there? <laughs> but be not the only depressed person there. Yes. So basically I think a lot of 
self-love and all of that is taking the realization of you're not alone you and that's part of why we have this podcast this podcast exists to tell stories that we can all kind of relate to and be aghast at and sometimes it's dating sometimes it's this here we are but I've been reflecting the fuck out of life lately like this past weekend I told you this yesterday like Labor Day, for the past two years, I've spent some amount of time screaming in a Honda Civic coupe. Um, Last year, it was crying and less screaming at my boyfriend at the time um, because he did something that very much hurt my feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, And then this weekend, it was screaming along to Carly Rae Jepsen. So it's amazing the difference a year makes, despite 2019 not being the year that we thought it was going to be. But this writing this and thinking about these things and listening to you has also brought up a conversation I had with that ex-boyfriend, not in that Honda Civic coupe. It was about three feet from where I'm standing where I made him cry. But he said something to the effect of me as, as I kicked him out of my apartment after breaking up with him, of, I hope I taught you how you should be treated. And at the time, I thought that was very sweet. <laughs> And now it pisses me off to no fucking end. I mean, to a degree, he kind of did because you were like, not like that. Yeah, he did. Um, I don't need to be condescended to about how I treat myself. While my self-love journey has led me to partners that have not treated me well, um, me breaking up with him was an act of self-love. So, because I was not happy, I was not feeling confident, and I was, yeah, I was just not happy. Making yourself happy and putting yourself first is very, very important here. And I've been diving into so many of these thoughts. How have I made myself happy? How have I really loved myself thoroughly lately, other than masturbating? (laughs) And... One of my bigger moments lately has been going on a family vacation and really thinking about how hard it is to overcome hating yourself, not just learning to love yourself because that is a journey, but getting past disdain for oneself as a human being, because I was very much raised to hate myself. Um, I don't think anybody poked me, but like if you were eating snacks It was a problem, but there were always fucking snacks in the house. Mm -hmm. So what the fuck, guys? At least raised me to be miserable, too. (laughs) I was too fat. I wasn't as smart. I wasn't as busy. I wasn't as happy. I wasn't as talented. Whatever it was, there was always somebody in my, like, childhood life that I was compared to, and there was a dichotomy between me and someone or something else. And very often that other thing was demonized as that person is taking away an opportunity from you, but you're also not good enough. So it was really fucking back at like ass backwards, Mm -hmm. absolutely fucking ass back backwards. So going on a vacation in July with my family and spending a week in a house with them for the first time in two years um, after being fully financially independent, personally independent, I live without roommates. I live on my own. My parents have nothing to do with how I got my apartment, 
how I pay my bills, how I do anything. And I really like keeping it that way. I travel alone. I deal with my own problems. I don't call them as frequently as I think they would like because I don't honestly care for their opinions half the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it turns into... It turns into unnecessary drama every fucking time. But hearing them talk about themselves and extension talk to my brother, which scares me, and I've made made it a point to behave in a different way when I'm around him and really lift him up and do what I can um, because my brother is significantly younger than me. Um, Hearing them talk to themselves, talk to each other, and then again talk to me and just spit bullshit was enlightening because it no longer had an effect on Mm -hmm. me. They were like testament of like, did not eat snacks in front of my dad because my dad would always comment on it. Like you shouldn't be eating that. You're, you're already overweight. You shouldn't eat that. Mm. Dad, I'm going to eat some fucking potato chips. I'm on vacation. First of all, second of all, um, I don't fucking care. I don't, I don't. I don't. So learning that through my own independence and through handling things independently, which is very fucking hard. It's very, very fucking hard. I have also had the opportunity to like, oh, I didn't do things very independently. When I moved out of my parents' house, I immediately got a boyfriend who paid for things. Mm-hmm. Like clearly didn't do it just independently, but did it independently of them. And I've been able to turn my back on that behavior and I've been able to say no to it and really grown up to call them out on their bullshit. And that's a huge moment for me because if I eat a salad, it's not because I'm a fat piece of shit anymore. It's because I feel better when I eat green vegetables. Mm-hmm. I, I very much like, I feel better when I eat broccoli. I do. It's crazy, but I do. And if I have a drink, it's not because I need to drink to have fun, which is an actual conversation my mother has tried to have with me. She even once asked me if I need to rehab um, because I was in college and somebody else's son had gone to rehab, but that kid had a massive Coke problem. <laughs> yeah. But I was somehow partying as hard as Florida school, massive Coke. Yeah. Problem. My, when I got back from Spain, my dad, cause I started having wine with dinner my dad was like, you have a problem. And I said, it's one glass of wine with dinner. Get the fuck out of my face. Get and then he out. told me alcoholism no. runs in your family, referring to his father um, who adopted him. So, mm-hmm. My mom has told me that in regards to my biological grandfather on my dad's side. It's like, you know. <laughs> also, he had massive PTSD from getting blown up in Germany. Yeah. I don't think the alcoholism was really a uh, genetic there. So... Yeah, no, I don't need fucking rehab, mom. And that was, again, being compared to someone else. of like, oh, this person's bad. You're just as bad. Mm. You need rehab. No, I am 22 and in college. Mm-hmm. And now I'm 24 and 24. Fuck that. So I now it's I drink a cocktail because I want a fucking cocktail. 
I take trips because I want to, and I buy things because I want to. I buy clothes that I like, that I feel good in, that I don't use to just hide the things. Mm -hmm. I was, I was always trained that like, you have a chubby little stomach, you have big old thighs, Mm. we need to hide that. Or if I had something good, like my boobs and my ass, we need to show those off so the boys can see because otherwise they'll never pay attention to you. Yikes. Right. Uh, yikes. 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 So now it's I do these things because I fucking want to do them. And it has been a long-ass journey, particularly with my body and my mental health. And it's going to continue to be one. Mm-hmm. It's never going to stop. But that's the reality. And so you listening right now, like, take a moment and did that like make you think of your life? Did that make you think of some progress you've made? Fucking good. Because we all deserve to reflect on that. We all deserve to think about how far we've come. Mm -hmm. And yeah, life is shitty. Your parents will fuck you up. Yep. If you have kids, you will fuck them up. (laughs) There is literally no way around it. We are all Fucked up little monkeys. We really are. And, dude, like, we're just on this weird little rock floating through space trying to get by. And the last thing we fucking need is to hate ourselves. We're going to have to fight in the climate wars. Stop fucking hating yourself. And that's that's the truth. And that's the tea. (laughs) Truth hurts. Hey. So now that we've bared our souls to you, <laughs> yeah, Let's um, teach should we take another break and then tell them how to love themselves? Yeah, because I need to pee. <laughs> cool. I need more wine because I'm an alcoholic. Yeah, I need to pee and get more wine. So, yep. BR, Sorry, mom. BRB. Oh, I love art. So, do you love women? Because I love women. Oh, my God. I love women. Same, but not in, like, the Donald (laughs) Trump way, but in the actual way. Um, I love women. Ugh, gross. Anyway, so we wanted to give a little shout-out to some artists that we know and love. Uh, Some of them have helped out with the podcast. Some of them have been on the podcast, and others have (laughs) not. But their artwork is amazing, so we wanted to give them a brief shout-out. So our podcast artwork is by Tori Scranton. We mention her at the end of every episode, and you can find her at T. Scranton Art on Instagram. Um, my lovely, beautiful Colombian goddess, Alex Lopez, who was on ah. the episode about polyamory. You can find I love her. her. Right at Speak and Smoke on Instagram. Um, she She's making a- beautiful gold things, and yeah. I love it. She makes her artwork out of gold leaf, which is a uh, it's inspired by Colombian history and Colombian art, and it's just magnificent. She recently cut off all of her hair and dyed it blonde. She is a bad bitch, and I love her more than life itself. Um, so oh. go check out her work as well. She also has a website called Pura.com. Um, and then there is Miss Sonia Williams, who is another badass feminist goddess who I want to give a quick shout out to. You can find her at Sonbean or Sunbean, S O N B 
Bean. Um, she has really cool Ooh. feminist art. She actually has a piece that if uh, it says my body, my choice, and 100% of the proceeds go to Planned Parenthood. Um, so definitely check out her work as well. And then last but not least is someone that we actually went to school with who is also a badass artistic woman who draws like children's book, but she children books artwork, but she also uh, does commission work as well. She did a piece um, if you were to go on my Instagram, she did a piece that uh, was basically a really cool piece for me and my siblings. Um, and you can find her at Madco, M-A-D-D-K-O. Um, and that's Madeline Kozlowski. She is dope as hell. Um, anyway, so I definitely have her like second grade picture somewhere in my parents' house. Oh, she, yeah. I, I feel like I was in her like first grade class or some shit. So, right. um, yeah, check out all these amazing women. Um, some of them who have helped with the podcast or been on the podcast. Others, we're just giving a shout out to because we love to su- su- support. I'm drunk. I'm slurring my words. Small businesses <laughs> and also badass women. So, yeah, I'm talking with a couple of my friends right now. And we're talking, I told them that I pulled the condom out of Rocky's ass and ass and the one goes, bullshit. I was like, I swear to fucking God. And he goes, well, that's why he's like, all the more reason not to wear condoms, which people should definitely, definitely wear condoms. But I agree. You guys wear condoms. I agree that it does feel better without, but you should be smart um, and wear condoms. But okay. Get a decent condom then. Do better. Be better. No, like it does. It does, in my opinion, feel better without but um i haven't had sex without a condom in like two years now three years maybe (laughs) what the fuck do i know definitely smart to wear them though and i will encourage that also but then he's like they because then someone goes you know they prevent stis and he also goes they also prevent you know like pregnancy and all that jazz (laughs) no he's like which i would argue or he said a quote they also prevent semen from entering the vagina which I would argue um, is the best part. And I said That is definitely says the one a good part. says the one with the child. <laughs> ah that mm, that sounds like someone who's speaking from experience. Um I would listen this, to that. This person will is also uh going to be on our podcast. So Yes. Uh he doesn't know what episode yet, but we do. We do. I'm excited for him to come on and be a sass master. Me too. But uh, anyway, Anywho, we're going to have to be our own sass masters today and talk about uh, some tips. On, and clicks. On loving, on loving yourself. Um, yeah. I feel like nobody ever told me because I read all the teen magazines that told me to hate myself. Um, and then it took until I was beyond teen years for Teen Vogue to get woke. Mm-hmm. So this think of this as like your 17 magazine guide to loving yourself, which might be a thing now, but it definitely wasn't in the earlier 2000s when I was reading 17 magazine mm-hmm. far before I was 17. Yeah. And I want to start with my first one because this is something that I tell people all the time. And they look at me like I'm fucking crazy because uh, selfishness gets a bad fucking rap, but be fucking selfish. Mm -hmm. Like 
giving your all for other people is entirely too draining. Being, being this thing other people need constantly, ridiculous. I had other plans tonight. I didn't go. Because she wanted, that is, she wanted to talk to me. She'll tell you it's for yes. selfish, but it's because she wanted to talk to me. But even like doing this was selfish <laughs> in that this was a less social activity. This was not with my coworkers or like, fuck that. No, do things for you, not because it's expected of you. Mm-hmm. And I really don't fucking care if that's going to the gym and ordering a salad or getting a college degree or getting a drink with that person you were friends with in college that you lost touch with. And now they want to talk to you because they definitely want to network with you. Mm-hmm. You don't really have anything to network with them about. And they're just sitting there like hoping you'll give them a job. No, <laughs> don't put yourself through that shit. Don't no. Fuck that. No, be selfish because you're better off being selfish and knowing your worth and knowing that you're doing your best by yourself and for yourself than it is to stretch yourself too thin and hate everything. Yeah. But also know that, like, um, you can't use that selfishness to be a dick. Yeah, like, don't be a dick about it. So, like, you know, the idea of selfishness is not necessarily bad, but if you're using, you know, your selfishness to be like, well, this is self-love and whatever, and you're hurting other people, um, that's not cool. But like be and be upfront about things yeah. or as upfront as you can be without like ruining your life. Like, no. If you don't want to go to that party, don't go to that fucking party. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Number two, Amanda. <laughs> Trust yourself. Um, so uh, we have a tip number four, which kind of ties into this. Um, but uh I recently watched a YouTube vid of one of my favorite mm-hmm. YouTubers. Her name's Cami Payton, for those who don't watch. Um, her name is Supreme Banana on YouTube. She's really great. Sexy. I know, right? Um, and it was about, actually, it was like tips on building confidence, um, and which is very, uh, uh, what is the word that I'm looking for? Relevant, uh, obviously, to today's episode. So I thought that this tip was uh, actually incredible. The other ones I kind of knew, but I was like, yeah, tell me about it. Be my YouTube therapist. Um, And, you know, we often ask other people, like our friends, our loved ones, uh, for their thoughts or opinions on things. Um, For example, you know, you're going out for the night and you put on this really sexy outfit that to you, I should say sexy as in like you feel sexy in it, like you feel great in it, whatever. And then you ask your friends, you know, how do I look, you know, seeking that external validation. And part of it is because you don't trust your own thought of how you, mm-hmm. how you, how you look and you got to stop doing that. And I realize, like, you know, of course I do it all the fucking time, but seeking external- nine times out of 10, you need to, you need to trust yourself. Exactly. And like, there's times to seek external validation on things. Like if you're making big decisions, stuff like that. But when it comes to like your appearance or decisions affecting you, like personally, you got to trust yourself and trust your gut. And it's, you're welcome to ask other people for their opinions, but don't dictate your decisions off of other people because you, you know yourself better than anyone. And, 
You know, you should not seek external validation on things that you know already. So if you know you look banging in that outfit, then wear it. Fuck it. Who cares? And mm-hmm. I think that tip is like so important because I didn't even realize it because I think we just don't realize that we're doing it, especially as women, um, seeking it. Or if you, if you don't look banging in that outfit or you don't think you look banging in that outfit, I know this girl who, and this was last summer now, um, we'd go to the pool, she'd get invited and she'd sit by the pool in full jeans and a tank top and quote unquote tan. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was about my size, probably honestly it's smaller. So she would have been size 12. Um, and she refused to get a bathing suit. I offered, I, as the biggest girl in the group offered to go to the store with her. Like, I don't know you that well, but this, maybe this could be our moment. I found this bathing suit at TJ Maxx. Do you want to go? We could find you something like they had a really good selection, and this fits me really well. You're a size probably smaller than me. I'm sure they have similar stuff. Like I was really goating her mm-hmm. and would not even consider it. Got so nervous, got so unconfident. And it was, it's first, it was a huge turnoff to like want to be her friend, but also like, it's sad. Mm-hmm. No, go out and live your life and trust yourself that like you look good in this and Whatever, whoever the fuck said anything to you when you were six years old doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. With that, um, number three, perfectionism. Perfection is unattainable, so calm the fuck down. I personally want to do a whole episode on perfectionism because I feel like we, especially in this modern dating world, like, are looking for the best of the best because we know we can swipe to it eventually. So I want to talk about this in a a more romantic sense later, and I promise we should and we will. But it is a hugely understated source of stress for people in that I don't have my abs yet, so I'm going to wear a one-piece, or I didn't lose those five pounds, so I'm not going to get a – I was at the pool a lot this summer. So these are all pool metaphors. I won't get a pool membership. I don't want to go. I don't want to go clubbing because I can't wear a tight dress. Whatever the, whatever the fuck it might be. Perfectionism and getting to those last five pounds or getting to that specific level of appearance, status in life. Like I haven't got promoted, so I don't want to do that. I, my apartment isn't perfect, so I don't want to have people over. Mm-hmm. Doesn't fucking matter. Mm-mm. We stress ourselves out to just get to this certain level of unattainable bullshit. Yeah. And sometimes we get so freaked out that we into doing anything that we don't do any, that we don't do anything at all. And doing the bare minimum is still better than doing nothing at all. Yeah. And I think also like you see people on social media particularly Instagram and whatnot. Who are conceivably perfect. Yeah. And, you know, that's because they have Facetune, they have Photoshop, they have, you know, these things that are benefiting them. Same thing with like celebrities, you know, that they look the prime they look the prime difference between you and a celebrity is is that your job is to not 
your job is not to be attractive. Yeah. If your job was to be attractive, you'd be in the gym for four hours a day. You'd have a nutritionist and a personal chef and a personal trainer, a stylist, a tailor, all of the, an editor at the end of the day, Beyonce photoshops her pictures. We cannot be perfect. It is unattainable. Yeah. And so something that is really good, um, to do if you're following someone that makes you feel shitty about yourself is to unfollow them. That's honestly like my best tip because it's so liberating because you don't have to fucking see it. I don't even follow my sister-in-law because she frustrates me. And it's not because I hate her. It's not like I don't like. She uses a lot of emojis. But it's just when I see her stuff, it irritates me. And so I just mm-hmm. unfollowed it because I'm like, why the fuck? Because it's going to make me hate her because I'm going to be so annoyed. So, And I'm sure that there's yeah. people I know that unfollowed me because I annoy them. And that, that yeah. is what it is. And that's fine. But, you know, hit unfollow for people who make you feel shitty because you don't need that. Unfollow that shit. Number four. This is, I think, when I was writing this out, one of the core tenets of how I live my life. And it's Shakespeare. Know thyself and to thyself be true. Fucking know who you are as a person. Know your limits. Know who you are physically and mentally. Know how much sleep you need. Know how much of a crazy girlfriend you can be. Like, know who you are. And accept who you are. Because once you accept who you are and know how to how to play the game of who you are, life gets a lot easier. I know who I am as a person. I'm still discovering parts of myself and I'm still developing as a person. But I know the core tenets of who I am. And I know fun facts about myself. I've never pulled an all-nighter and I never fucking will. Yeah. Um, I once stayed up kind of with a boy to watch the sunset. Um, I regret it because of who that person was as a person, but I still fell asleep at some point. I don't pull all-nighters. I don't, I don't talk to people who annoy the shit out of me. I don't like being around girls who giggle constantly. Um, there's, there's just like weird, weird facts of life that you got to know about yourself. You don't like to wear green on Wednesdays. Fine. Don't. I'm really ranting here. No. Yeah. But I think like being in tune with your body, um, is a great thing. And that as well as your mind and your like soul, honestly, um, we're not, Mm -hmm. we're not immortal as many people, especially our age think. Um, and being in touch with whatever figurative cup of yours that needs filling is very important. Um, so being able to set those boundaries and especially for people like for me, I learned at a pretty young age, you know, what I like my limitations are because of my, ability levels, but I think it's important Mm -hmm. for everyone to know that, you know, like I need to have a pretty good routine. I need to get sleep and things like that. And that's something I still struggle with because I like to wake up early, but some days I need to sleep in later just because my body needs it to recover and not because I did anything Mm -hmm. rigorous, but just because I'm tired Mm -hmm. and that's fine. And so I think Katie hit the nail on the head there and it's just really important 
to know yourself, know your limitations. And if you know, I have one other point. Can I can I finish? No, finish your response. (laughs) (laughs) Like if um, you know, if someone, if there's people in your life that are making you feel bad for taking, and it kind of goes back to the selfishness, like for taking that time to take care of yourself, then, you know, like people who love you and appreciate you will, I've canceled plans because I was like, I need a salt. Like I just am not mentally there tonight. Like I need to Mm -hmm. focus on myself and they're like, okay, cool. So, and your even your closest friends and your family don't outrank your deepest needs. Exactly. That's something that I'm still trying to teach my family. Um, unrelated to my family, uh, but I'm, but related to knowing yourself. Um, just generally fucking know who you are, the way you are, and love yourself for it. That's the first tenet. Mm-hmm. Secondly, masturbate. Yeah. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Love yourself literally. Love love yourself literally. Um, dude, love yourself literally. Know what you like, sexy stuff, and be confident in it. I I cannot even express how unattractive it is to date someone who is not confident in what they like and why they like it. Mm-hmm. Um, or like... I dated someone who was secretly vehemently homophobic because people always thought he was gay. And it was really weird. Mm-hmm. If you come off as a little gay, what the, who the fuck cares? Yeah. Who the fuck cares? Nobody. So know thyself. If you come off as gay, fuck bitches, get money. They'll get over it. Yeah. Number five. Things are very seldom about you. This is also another multi-point point. Multi-point point. Yeah. If someone is an asshole to you, they're likely an asshole to lots of people. Mm-hmm. And you are virtually interchangeable with someone else that they would be an asshole to. Or like a minor inhuman inconvenience. The same person who is an asshole to you on the street is the same asshole honking their horn at nonsense and traffic. It is not about you. Don't make it about you. Do not let it eat you inside that it was about you. Mm-hmm. And people are not looking at you as in-depth as you think you as you think they are. I think this comes into the like asking for validation from other people and knowing to trust yourself. Because very, very rarely are the people who are not as close to you. Like I'm talking, your your tenants of human beings are going to be honest with you and going to care. But the general population does not give a fuck about you and is really more concerned with their their personal well-being. Um, so if you think that you did something stupid, um, I stepped on a lady's foot on the bus this morning and I'm still thinking about it. I don't think that lady has thought about me since that moment. Yeah, probably. Stop overthinking it. Who the fuck cares? People are not watching your every move. You are not that important. Like, live your damn life. Mm-hmm. If you want to wear that outfit, wear that outfit. Nobody's going to remember that you wore that outfit unless you take a bunch of fucking pictures. Yeah. Like, if you want to start that podcast, start that podcast. Because random people will come up to you and ask about it, but they have not listened. <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> 
Yeah. And like, I feel like oftentimes people are like haters come from a place of their own insecurity. So if they're angry at you, it's because, you know, like Katie said, they're dealing with other shit. They're probably just angry in general. And, you know, you know, just own your shit and cut out the people who make you feel bad in your life. And a person telling you that you're a fat piece of shit is likely because they think they're a fat piece of shit. Exactly. Like pretty much any bully is someone like they are insecure about whatever as like they have their own shit to deal with. And that's the way they're projecting Mm -hmm. essentially. And it just becomes more mature and more mind gaming as you get older. Yeah. At least back in fifth grade when those girls made fun of me and literally recited mean girls to me before I had watched mean girls. They're like, do you think you're pretty? I was like, I guess. And they're like, so you think you're really pretty? I'm like, yeah, I guess. Like, it's, oh, you're like so, <laughs> no, fuck that. Yeah. Don't like, if people are mean to you, it's because they're probably being, they're being, someone's being mean to them and they're mean to themselves. It just gets it just gets more complicated and more weird as you get older. Mm-hmm. But if you want attention, which I think actually does go into this, because things are very seldom about you, so if you want to make them about you, um, please take take a page out of one of my many books. Because um, I'm an attention whore. I don't know if you could tell because we're listening to our podcast that we pull out of our asses on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I wouldn't call myself a full narcissist, but I'm definitely an attention whore. Um, go out and be yourself and do the things that you want to do. And if it causes an attention thing, great. Cause I have a huge attention complex. I'm coping with it through a lot of things. Like this is a lovely list that I wrote. I love this. Ways Katie actively tries to get attention when she wants it. <laughs> Number one, buying and wearing rainbow pattern clothing on days that are not the pride parade. Today, I wore a rainbow sweater in pastel colors and matching rainbow socks with pink shoes. Love it. I don't give a fuck. Brightly colored lipstick. I almost paired that outfit with purple lipstick. You should have. Decided against it. Well, I didn't want to wear that to work. I thought that was a little much for my office. On another day, I'd fucking wear the purple lipstick. It's a nice lilac. I love it. Singing things randomly. Starting a million side hustles out of boredom or a serious childhood desire for stardom. When I was seven, I thought I was going to be the next Britney Spears. I think we all did. I still have time. (laughs) I 100% still have time. Planning and executing ridiculous activities. I have a current list of autumnal activities. Mm. I'm going to make them happen. I planted an idea on Friday that I would go to to a barbecue on Sunday. Did I go to a barbecue on Sunday? You bet your shiny metal ass I did. Love it. Here for it. Hey. Karaoke, my song of choice is I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston or Before He Cheats by Carrie Underwood. They light up the crowd every fucking time. Before He Cheats will scare the shit out of the dude you're fucking. You've been warned. (laughs) Yeah, but if he hasn't heard it, I'm concerned. No, it was like 
So you chose to go up there and sing a very angry song. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you chose to go up there and sing a song about a woman that you would never marry. Yeah. Hmm. Developing very niche interests and broadcasting them on the internet. Podcasting, sex and dating, cross-stitching, hot dogs. There you go. Niche interests. Performative humor. Finally, performative humor. Uh, having a podcast, doing improv, being an idiot. Um, I still want to start a YouTube channel. Short skits, guys. Like, I'm a crazy person. But all of it is for a drive for attention because I know myself and I know mm-hmm. I love attention. And I trust myself to not give a fuck about yeah. the haters. Because I want to make things about me. And if they don't like that they're about me, they should be more interesting. Mm, there you go. Yeah. What's the next one, bitch? So the next one is one of my personal favorite things to do. Actually, the next two kind of go hand in hand. Um, excuse me. It is almost 10 p.m. and we're recording. This is why I'm yawning, not because I'm bored. Uh, <laughs> so tip number six is to cut out the toxic motherfuckers. So this one's pretty self-explanatory, but nonetheless, uh, it's not so easy to do. Uh, You quite literally, especially if you're an adult person, um, do not need anyone or anything in your life that makes you feel less than, unworthy, or any other word synonymous to that. Um, This includes family and it includes close Mm -hmm. friends because... um, Yeah, you don't need it. It's harder when you're not an adult um, who's independent. So if you, Mm -hmm. like, obviously there's reasons that you might have to, like, stick around or whatnot because, like, you can't financially support yourself or things like that. And I get that. That's valid. But doing your best to kind of limit your interaction with those people can be beneficial. Um, I recently, my dad, starting on my birthday or the day before my birthday, he went on this spree of just picking fights with me. Um, on my birthday, it was face-to-face because I was in town. And it was just – it was a mess. He – yeah, it was just a mess. And then following that, like when I was back home, I post like political shit on my Facebook, whatever I share articles or I say things. And that's how I've always been. And recently or with it like – he stopped now, but within the past couple months, he's been commenting on it or like getting really upset about it and throwing a tantrum and causing shit. And so I, in like in Facebook public too, yeah. And I basically had to tell my dad that, well, first of all, I restricted him and my mom's uh, access to my Facebook. And, um, I basically told my dad, like, if he keeps it up, I will essentially cut him out of my life. Um, and that's not easy because I, I love my dad. He's problematic in many ways, but he's still my dad. I still love him, and he's still been there for me um, mm-hmm. through some hard shit. But when I was in high school, you know, I spent years without talking to him. I would not let him – like, he would try to hug me. I would, I would not let him touch me. I hated him. It was – you know, I said, I've done it before. I can do it again. And if I do it again this time, it is absolutely on you. Because I've made it clear mm-hmm. that we need to not talk politics. I said, you know, my fa- like I've always been this way. If you have issues with it, you can unfriend me. I don't fucking care. But if you're going to start shit with me, he put like my illness on blast. 
publicly on one of my statuses mm-hmm. and I was like, I can talk about my lupus, but you have to keep your fucking mouth shut. And if you can't respect that, like I will yeah. cut you out of my life. And I have no qualms with that because I don't need it. And not everyone has that privilege, obviously. And that's because it's taken me years to realize like cutting people out of my life. Like I don't miss toxic people. So, you know, you, it, it yeah. hurts. You and think hurts. you're going to. Yeah. It hurts but momentarily, but honestly you feel so much freer after. And like my dad and I are cool now. It's all good. But, um, you got to set those bound. If you have to set boundaries, especially as an adult, I think you can try to set boundaries. And if that person can't respect those boundaries, Mm -hmm. then you cut them out because you deserve Mm -hmm. better than that. Life is too fucking short to waste your time on some toxic motherfuckers. So that, Mm -hmm. that's really the T on that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's the T. That's the fucking T. And finally, the last do you want to read it or do you want me to I'll I'll gladly read it last one last last for a blast unlearn your own toxic Mm -hmm. traits bitch Mm -hmm. we can all be stupid pieces of shit to ourselves and others and I think this is really fucking important like you you're not absolved of anything guys just just because you're woke and you listen to Lizzo uh does not mean that you can't be a toxic piece of shit it doesn't make you a whole (laughs) ass toxic piece of shit you can still Mm -hmm. act like one exactly and Yeah. yeah I think it's important to understand your own problematic behaviors and try to unlearn them and improve yourself like you know in my toxic relationship episode, I talk about a time where I became a person I didn't think I was with, you know, the most recent mm-hmm. individual that I was with. You know, I did some things that probably would hurt him or did hurt him. And like we just, you know, I acknowledge that I've made mistakes. We're human. That's what we do. That's how you that's how you grow. And mm-hmm. I was recently telling one of our new nurses that mm-hmm. on our unit because she um, had, she said that she made a mistake, but she was like, I don't want to tell you because I don't want you to like think down upon me. And I was like, you know, part of the ways that you become a better nurse is by making mistakes and it sucks at the time, but Mm -hmm. you know, that's how you know, like, that's how you remember not to do certain things, or that's how you learn a better way to do it is by making mistakes. I had a very similar thing happen to me today at work where I had a new person talk to me about making mistakes and if mm-hmm. it's okay. Yeah, if and it's it absolutely. It's like, absolutely, it's normal. Don't let anybody exactly. shame you for that. And that was my big point. To, like, don't let, yeah, like, you feel like you're getting in trouble. Don't feel like if someone's shaming for you, turn a cheek because God damn yeah, it, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody, everybody has those days. But- Everybody knows what, what I'm talking Ooh, about. Hannah Montana, baby. Because nobody's perfect again and again. Oh my god! I, I was at the bars the other weekend, and they played fucking two Hannah Montana songs, and I've never felt more what? seen in my fucking life. And I was like, "This is confirmed. This is my favorite bar." Did Hot DJ play them? No, he does not Damn. play. He does not play music that I enjoy usually. Then we should not fuck him again. 
right? Well, I haven't, so. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I hear, and I've been guilty of this in past relationships, um, but oftentimes I think people will say like, they make me a better person or you make me a better person about or to their significant other. Mm -hmm. So I'm tying this into dating. Um, And Mm, while, while your partner should inspire you to be better and like challenge you to change your viewpoints and things like that, in certain aspects, they shouldn't be the reason you're a decent human. So if you're depending on another person to make you better, in fact, if you're depending on another person in general, you Mm. need to stop. Uh, I had a friend who recently broke up with someone kind of, and um, that person with whom he broke up with said, you know, like, I need you, which Mm. is not true. That's toxic for both her and him. And, it's you don't ever need someone to live your best life. Yeah. Um, I think a large portion of self-love is independence. Exactly. And so, you know, it's totally fine for your partner to inspire you to like change in some way, mm-hmm. but to argue that they like without them you can't be a good person or whatever is bullshit. No. Have a fucking moral backbone, you piece of shit. <laughs> Katie's really? just, just calling y'all out. Right. Like, if you feel that way, don't have a fucking moral backbone. God damn. No, like, nobody should, you make me a better person. Yeah. So. I felt like my ex made me a more generous person, but that was only because I was being given so much and I mm-hmm. wanted to give it back out, um, which was cool. I, but like, I don't know. I still do shit like that. Sometimes when I get really good sex tonight before I go to work, I buy everybody donuts that day. Ooh. Hasn't happened in a hot second. If any of your coworkers are listening, they now know. There was that one time I brought Dunkin' Donuts randomly, guys, and that's because I got old. Um, You're welcome. I'm happy for you. The donut vault was the ex-boyfriend, though, and they're still mad about it. Um... That is literally been... That's literally been brought up. And they're like, why don't you get us those donuts anymore? And I'm like... Because the person who purchased the donuts is no longer in my life. And they're like, what? I'm like, what? <laughs> Go away. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. But yeah. So unlearn your fucking toxic traits, people. Mm-hmm. It's not cute. It's not funny. It's Codependence is not cute. Oh, no. That's, I think, a huge... Huge toxic trait that really feeds into how you treat yourself and how you treat others. Yeah. And I'm sure we will have a whole episode, a whole last episode on codependency. <sighs> we had like two episode ideas just in this perfectionism and codependence. Write that down. <laughs> but yeah, no, literally, guys, love yourself. Here's our tips. But it, I think it truly does come down to being self-sufficient and acting upon yourself Mm -hmm. because I think the moment where I truly learned to love myself was moving out of state and having little to no contact with, with home and my parents and all of that, just because I didn't. And I still managed to rely on other people, but it gave me the baby steps to do so. And I think I'm fine. I truly Right now, as I say this, I think I am finally in a true place of self-love where I'm an independent human being who does not rely on other people. This is a big revelation. It's been a while. Mm -hmm. 
So trust me, it's a fucking process. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. Should we end this shit? We should. We should. I want to go to bed. <laughs> Amanda. Yeah. Other than getting rid of toxic people in your life, toxic traits, and loving your damn self, what are your happy endings this week? Um, you cannot say pulling a condom out of Rocky's that ass. would not be a happy ending by any means. Um, I would say the fact that I went to the dermatologist today and she injected my face with some steroids into my little cystic buddies. So they will hopefully in the next couple of days. So that's really nice because if anyone knows the struggles of dealing with, um, Cystic or hormonal. This is not so much hormonal, but definitely cystic. Hi, hello. I I know that life. It's uh, it's not fun, and they last, especially when you have a weakened immune system. They last for a thousand billion years. So, mm-hmm. it's nice to know that it will be leaving soon. Yeah, I'm happy Thank for you. you. I'm excited. Thank you. Me too. I feel like tomorrow I'm gonna wake up. My face is just gonna be back to magnificence. <gasps> It's always magnificent. It just looks like it's in a bit of pain right now, which makes me sad because I also get cystic acne, so I know that. Yeah, it's not fun. But anyway, so Sunday morning at breakfast, I was asked, what is that on your face? I'm like, never you. It's a Never ask someone about their acne. Yeah, I had a patient come up to me and go, what'd you do to your face? And I was like, first of all, that's not nice. Why would I do this to me? Yeah, I was like, first of all, it's not nice. Second of all, it's acne. Thanks for pointing it out. And I like oh ran God. away. No, I'm just oh my God, I hate myself. And then, she, and then she was like, I was just kidding. And I was like, no, you that's not a joke. <laughs> no, bitch. You don't say that. This is a professional environment. You don't I mean, say it was a patient. It, she's still a professional environment. <laughs> yeah, professional. I don't know. <laughs> well, one time I was in the hospital overnight, I did not scream at the little Polish lady who pricked my veins a million times to get blood drawn. So uh, I was a professional. Everyone else can be too. <laughs> That's fair. I was severely dehydrated, and I thought I was hallucinating. It oh. was fine. I survived. I survived. You can be on the next episode of I Survived. I survived. I got put in Payless Hospital on Easter Saturday, and no one was there. And they're like, we need 24 hours to observe you for appendicitis. And I was like, mm, no, you don't. And then it was Easter, and I woke up, and they're like, your blood levels are Okay. <laughs> They're not good, but they're okay. We're going to send you home because the only surgeon here is Jewish. And he's oh, my living. God. Happy Easter. Great. So that was – I survived. That is not my happy ending this week, though. Um, my happy ending this week is that I got my basic bitch hey. kit. My fat bit fun box showed up. I have a cheese board now. I'm cool. Um, but also, I met – Five dogs this weekend. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. They're three great Pyrenees-ish good boys and a golden retriever and a spotty boy named Jimmy. And I was very much smitten with all of them because I fucking love dogs and I miss having dogs around. And I wear my black jeans and they're covered in dog hair. And I don't even mind. I'm very happy for you. I'm happy for me. I'm super happy for me. But yeah, um, and other news about jeans, not so happy endings, but maybe happy endings. Um, I put two holes in two different pairs of jeans, 
One was just like an oops, that's there now. And the other one was literally driven by me twerking. Oh. I put a big rip in my pants from twerking. I mean, I guess that's a good way. She got a big fat ass, big dick hey. swallow. Yeah, bitch. Um, we do have some listener mail to tie this back to the fact that this is a dating and sex podcast. I don't know if you knew that, guys. It's not just a mental health and self advocacy podcast. Um, this is a yep. dating podcast. So I, I do it. Read this. this is from a dude for context. They made it clear. Um, went on a date with a guy who seemed and looked pretty nice. He suggested we go to the show in the Rushmore that was part of a week-long Wes Anderson celebration. Now I'm impressed, as am I, dude. Not only does he love Wes Anderson films, he's managed to find a Wes Anderson festival in my city. Stuff like this isn't common. I'm excited, and I think we're on to a winner. And then the date Mm. started. Ever met one of those really negative people who just enjoy shitting on everything they don't personally enjoy? Yeah, he was one of those. After winning a seat raffle, so I think they had prizes and seats, he tosses the prize to me as if it was a bag of shit. It was, in fact, a poster and a free Wes Anderson DVD because he, quote, can't stand this director. Well, I hate to break it to you, buddy, but I'm then, added to his general ass hattery, he begins to badmouth the people he worked with. Mm. I get it. We all hate, we all work with a few nut jobs. But telling me that someone I've never met needs to, quote, die in a diabetic. Oh coma, my God. And that, <laughs> and that you were happy another woman left because you, quote, hated that fat cut. <gasps> Isn't really the way to go. No. And then he began to be transphobic. Even better. Look, pal, we're all in this LGBT thing together, right? How about we stop calling trans people it because you think it's funny? No. Also, what makes you think I don't have trans friends? Then... The movie started. That's right, folks. He managed to pack all of all pack this much nope into the time between walking in and the lights going off. Honestly, if I'd seen Rushmore before, I'd have walked out. But I hadn't, and I really wanted to watch Mm -hmm. it. The date ended pretty shortly after the movie ended. I went home and reevaluated my life and how I talked about other people, so I'd never ever come across as being as negative and as shitty as he did and there you have it folks and there you have it this is an asshole that doesn't love himself and is a transphobic piece ain't of nobody shit. got time for transphobia in this house ain't nobody got time for transphobia in this house but i have one more thing yep. i want to read it's it's a dm in yes. our instagram because i just posted a post about you had something on Facebook about loving yourself. And you're like, oh, my God, we're recording about this we are. right now. This is from uh, someone who grew up on my street. Mm. Oh, my God. It reminds me of when you told off 
a high school football player. <gasps> Wait, you sent this in fifth grade in front of the whole class because he was making fun of your arm yep. hair. True feminist right there. Thank you for that. And I listened to your first podcast the other day. Keep it up, girls. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Andrea. Amazing. Yes, I uh, I guess I can tell that story. There was, I yeah. was bullied by this guy in fifth grade. Um, he, so this was prior to me ever shaving for the first time. I, for those who don't know, have very dark, dark, dark brown, almost black hair. And, uh, so my armpit hair and my arm hair were also black and, uh, so pretty visible on my pale ass skin. Mm -hmm. And one day, I mean, he always made fun of me for having, like, I was called like a monkey and stuff like that. Like it was some cruel shit. And, um, I distinctly remember him telling me that I looked like a hairy armpit because of my arm hair. And I, every Friday we had circle of friends with our whole class. Um, not very no. And so Amanda being fed up from being bullied, I raised my hand to speak and I basically told him off in front of the whole class. I can't remember what I said. It was a historical moment for everyone else in that class. Um, and I basically was just like, how dare you make fun of me? I can't control it because obviously like it's hair that grows on my arm and it's the color that comes out of my head. So I don't know what to fucking tell you. I'm not a hairy armpit. Like leave me the fuck alone. And I distinctly remember someone else in the class as soon as I like my teacher was silent. She just was like bamboozled by it. And then another person just looks at him and goes, someone call the fire department because just got burned. And I never felt prouder in my life. I'm and I never, right now. Right. And happened. it was, it's honestly, yeah, it's a yeah. Not more than a decade. God, no, way more than a decade ago. When we were, what, 10? So 14 years ago? Yeah, 15 years so, ago. Shit. Yeah, it was a historic moment for myself and for that class. And um, that individual did not like me from that day on, but he can deal with that. Can you go suck a dick? Yeah, and then I saw him. Only if he doesn't like sucking dicks because I want him to do something. Yeah, like and... I remember in high school, he was bullying someone. We had a class together and he was bullying someone. And I just sat down in front of him and said, do you remember fifth grade and the conversation we had about bullying? Do I need to sit your ass back down down. And I was like, yeah, so you need to stop bullying other people. It's about time you grow the fuck up. And I just like sat back down and that, yeah, that's me. She That's a bad really bitch. funny that I I totally forgot about that, but I guess people haven't. <laughs> no. Nobody nobody has your your legend. <laughs> Thank you. you. Well, if you would like to submit your own worst date, horror story, sex mishap, boner blunder, or time Amanda told somebody <laughs> off, feel free to submit named or anonymous submissions to fifty. <laughs> That was good on me. Feel free to submit named or anonymous stories to 50 Worst Dates Podcast at gmail.com or slide into our DMs at 50 Worst Dates Pod on Instagram. I am Katie Coyle27 on Instagram. I am Pikachu18, which is P E K A U C H U 18. 
Yeah. If you think we're valid sources for advice, because we are, and want to ask us questions, which you should, we'll take those emails too. We are currently scheduling an advice episode where we will answer all of your questions in somewhat hopefully real time so you can act on our advice and uh, we'll tell you how to deal with your bullshit. Yeah. Our goal is to base future episodes after stories that are not our own or at least not based on our fifth grade experiences. Uh, we haven't been on that many bad dates or told football players off that many times. Yeah. Thank goodness. Um, if you love our music, it is from bensound.com. And if you love our cover art, it is by Tori Scranton. You can find her at T Scranton Art on Instagram and Etsy. Hell yeah. And that is go out and be a bad bitch today. Listen to some Lizzo and uh that's the motherfucking tea. Mm-hmm.